Hey, which glasses look better on me? Oh, what's this? Zenny's 3D virtual try-on. Pretty cool, right? Hmm. Uh, I don't know about the purple cat eyes. I think they're fun. What about these tortoiseshell glasses? Or these rimless sunglasses? Oh, what about these clear frames? Wait, are those prices real? Do they have glasses for men? Yep. They also have affordable blue light glasses. Seriously? At those prices? Get them all. I like where this is going. Zenny.com. Quality prescription glasses starting at $6.95. Hey guys, welcome back to We Watch the Movie. I'm Mike. I'm Jay, you sexy fuckers. Don't steal his French fries. Have a, don't be sad, have a French fry. Yeah. So, okay, so here's the deal. Um, Death Wish came out this week. Uh, today I watched the original Death Wish and the new Death Wish. Wish of the death. Our, our schedules are kind of weird and fucked up. So, uh, what ha happened was Jay didn't get to see it. I was at work, slaving away to the corporate masters of fucking greed and death. <laughs> I'm a corporate puppet. How was your day? <laughs> so, um, what we plan to do is, uh, when one of us sees a movie and the other one doesn't, it's, it's weird to do a video because... The other one's just sitting there going, I don't know what to do with my hands. Uh, I know all them Twitters. <laughs> so, so here's the plan, guys. What we're gonna do is I'm gonna uh, uh, I'm gonna do a Death Wish review, and um, I'm at the very end of the video. There's gonna be Death Wish spoilers. Okay, well my my job's done. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> but together, as one force of the Almighty Power Rangers, Robinstein combined forces, we are going to uh, rank the films of Eli Roth. Now, don't at Zenny, you get the same quality frame and lens options that you'd get from an optician for one tenth of the price, including blue block. Progressives, prescription sunglasses, and more. The best part? Try on any frame, anywhere, with our 3D virtual try-on. Zenny.com. Eyewear for everyone. Worry, because there's not that many of them, but we're going to rank them together. Cool beans. All right. So, uh, getting right into it, uh, I hope you guys are having a fucking kick-ass awesome week. By the way, this, awesome is, this is podcast, I don't know. Yeah, uh, well, I, I, It's been shit. a while since we've actually yeah. done one. So. It, it won't be our typical long podcast. It'll be like almost a mini podcast. I don't know how long it's going to be, but we've got some other a good mini, shit mini. we're going to shoot, 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 shoot tonight. Shoot the shits. Um, Really quick though, I do want to mention something uh, that that we're doing. Uh, there's there's this, this website called BetterHelp, and what they do is they do online therapy for people. And we've we've partnered with them mainly because the whole time we've been doing this YouTube thing, one of the best best compliments we can get from any of you guys is like I've I was going through a hard time. I've been dealing with this, and you guys helped me through it. Like you got your videos make me happy. And yeah, those are those are really super nice to read. They're, they're the best. It's awesome, man. Like that you guys feel that way. And, you know, I, we've both gone through, in the six years we've done this, we've both gone through a lot of shit. Lots, and, lots uh, of shit. You guys have helped us through it, too. Uh, on the on the bad side of things is sometimes you get a comment or someone saying, you know, talking about something as deep as, like, suicide or anything yeah. like that. And, and, and not that everybody's at, you don't have to be at that point to need help, obviously, but... Um, well, maybe not. You, you don't want to. I mean, if you're at that point, you don't want to let it get to that point. Yeah. I mean, that. And if, it, if it's getting to that point where you feel like you need to talk to somebody is the whole point of what we're talking about now. Exactly. Like one of the things that bothers me is that when someone is having issues like that, and they're like, you know, I, you guys helped us. Like we helped you to a point, but obviously we're not qualified professionals. I mean, the, I want uh, the natural human response is to want to do more, and you know, we're not qualified to do that. You know, and we wish we were, but so this, this company comes to me. Uh, on email and they're like hey you know we got we think you guys would be a good fit for this uh, so we partnered with this company called BetterHelp, and uh, I want to be clear and upfront with you guys and is an affiliate link like so you're you are supporting the channel when you do it this is not just you know uh, just a random thing um, I'm gonna put a link below and and what this company does is they provide therapy and counseling um, remotely so like 
for me, it makes sense to me because if I'm in that position, and I have been in that position before, if you're feeling depressed and down, one of the last things you want to do is leave the house. And one of the last, last things you want to do is leave the house and go sit in a stuffy office somewhere or, 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 or deal with, you know, all the stuff that goes along with that. So I think it's really cool what this company does is they, they provide remote um, support. So they have counselors that, that, that you can reach at different times that you can, you don't have to leave your house to do it. It's a really cool thing if you want to check it out. And sometimes you don't have the option to go out and, and see a psychologist or psychiatrist. You know, there might be financial situations that are involved. There might be things that you don't want, you know, maybe you don't want to share that kind of information in, in a public kind of setting. So this is a good access for you guys that that uh, that are out there that need a lot of uh, emotional support or help. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's absolutely nothing. I mean, there's a lot of times that, like Mike said, there was times when he's gotten to a, a really low, a dark point. I've been in a, a really low, a dark point. And the best option you can have is if you just had somebody to talk to, reach out at whatever time of day or night, without leaving your home. Like you know, just calling somebody's like, hey, let me walk you through it. What you know, what's going on? Why do you think this? You know, yeah. just doing good things for you, and that's that's what we're talking about here. Yeah, and there's nothing to be ashamed of with it. Obviously, I suffer from seasonal depression myself, so I mean, this is one of those things. It, it, it's a great opportunity. When they came to us, I jumped all over it because I think it's just an amazing thing, and it's a way to 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 extend that a little bit, where to do things that we're not qualified to do. So. Bottom line, if you guys want to check this out, we're going to put a link below. Uh, check it out, look around, see if it works for you. And and it turns out that in many cases, it's financially cheaper than typical, uh, you know, normal therapy and counseling. Yeah. So if you want to do that, click the link below. That's all I'll say about it. <clears throat> if you need it, I hope you do it. Um, so moving on into a weird, I don't know what to do. Now. A weird transition. Uh, you'll hear us talk about this a lot going in the future, guys, because we really want to, you know, put that out there. But so Death Wish. Yes, so, Death Wish of the Wish. I go see Death Wish today. Was and, it good? Uh, well, give me, you know, this, give it, me the spoiler now. <laughs> it was. It was like the, I'll, I'll do the non-spoilers first. And I'll save the spoilers for the end of the video. Um, but you know what? It's not. It's not the greatest thing since sliced bread by any means. I want you to just mind your fucking business about Holly. <laughs> okay, mind well, your fucking business. At, at, dude, when they first mentioned it to me, it sounded like a great idea. I wasn't one of those that was like, "Oh, you can't remake Death Wish or whatever." Like, I think it's a pretty standard story. But what this does is, you got Eli Roth directing, uh, who who does a lot of horror stuff, and directing Bruce Willis in a Death Wish remake. To me, that sounds great. Good with him. I like, hope he's better than Kevin Smith. <laughs> so, <laughs> and uh -huh. that that plays into this a lot man because like uh, the movie first off it's just all right the first half of the movie i watched the, the original death wish today with charles bronson by the way uh fucking great Delo de Laurentiis, you know uh, mm, genre flick but, uh this is it's just so weird like for one in this one he plays bruce willis plays the character and he's a doctor that's impossible right? so he <laughs> he's not smart enough to do that it's really cool what they do with it though because at one point um a cop gets shot when the movie opens a cop's shot and this his other cops trying to get him to the hospital on time and bruce willis is a surgeon and he can't save him and he's talking to the cop he's like i did everything i could and then this this fucking nurse walks by and willie nilly's like hey the shooter's in two you know because they, yeah. they live in a crime-ridden city and the, Was the, it the cop no <laughs> the, the cop says um the cop's like, oh, so you're going to go and try to save that asshole's life? And he's like, if I can. So it's really cool. Uh, that, that's a cool twist to the whole thing. Because in the original, Charles Bronson was a, uh, he was just like a businessman. Um, so I, I did like that part of it. But you go in, and, and the, the whole problem with the movie, man, is that the entire first half of the movie is setting it up. They, they really want to set up that Bruce Willis's character is this family man, and he loves his family so mm -hmm. much. Uh, Vincent D'Afrano plays his brother. Uh, and he's, they really want to say, and Elizabeth Shoes is Was he wife, trying to bring great. him into the Kingpin family? Yeah. 
<laughs> but good. And dude, I've always loved Elizabeth Shue since leaving Las Vegas. I think she's a great actress. But the, dude, it just doesn't work. Like when they try so hard to set up this family dynamic, there's so many hugs and oh, I love you, baby. Yeah, I love you so much. It sounds much. to me like they're trying to sell it more. They're trying to sell the idea of the family man more than actually just being like evolving naturally in the film. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong. <clears throat> like Bruce Willis is a, is a great actor. Like he is. I mean, we like Bruce Willis. But the problem with Bruce Willis is I think that most directors. You just have to know how to handle Bruce Willis to get the best out of him. If you're telling him, like, look, you've really got to sell the idea that you're a loving, you know, pacifist that doesn't really want to hurt anybody and, and you're all about your family life and all this is good. People, you're setting them up because you know that at that point you're like, okay, well, this is going to go over fucking hell's over will. Like, at some point someone's going to shove a pink dildo up my butt and I just don't want it to happen. But I know it's going to happen. And that's the, but, and then you're like telling Bruce Willis to do this and Bruce Willis is probably going to be like, Okay, well, you want me to play it like, uh, I, I don't know, like, well, I'm, I'm playing pool or something and I like my wife. Like, I don't, I mean, you know, it's Bruce Willis. <laughs> One of the best things the original did was Charles Bronson. He almost didn't have that over-emotion. Like, you could you could just see that he loved his family, but he yeah. didn't go into it deeply. Like, and one of the coolest things about his character was is that he was in the, he was in the, I think, the Korean War. But he uh, he was a he was a uh, conscientious objector. So when they start to look for who's doing these murders, they they pin him and they're like he's he was a conscientious objector. That doesn't sound like a vigilante. That just sounds um, like some bullshit that somebody made up. <laughs> it's like what does that even mean? But th they don't have this backstory with Bruce Willis. But but yeah, it just it feels really forced when it goes into him. And nobody acted really that poorly except for maybe Bruce Willis because Aww. not only not only the <laughs> setting up of the love of the family it felt forced. And Bruce Willis just doesn't. I, the first half of this film, I really I thought about Cop Out several times with Kevin Smith because yeah, I could, that was such I, a bad experience for Kevin Smith. <laughs> I could I could sense Eli Roth or whoever maybe going to Bruce Willis and be like, "Could you just be a little bit more emotional? Could you just be a little bit less wooden or whatever?" And him be like, "Fuck you, I'm Bruce." Now Willis. he'd probably be like, "Hey, hey, pal, why don't you fucking pay me and just shut your mouth? Just shut your fucking <laughs> now, mouth." Bruce Willis. Before I go further, Bruce Willis does get better. The problem with Bruce Willis in this movie, where his acting is actually bad, and it seems like you go, "Oh, I realize why he's doing so much direct to DVD stuff," is it is not only the setting up of the love story between him and his, his daughter and his wife mm -hmm. my wife was all with me and she said it just when he talks to his daughter it almost feels creepy it just doesn't feel natural because yeah. it, it's just weird but um, when when the tragedy itself happens mm -hmm. um, you've got a dad who's a, a huge family man and he's they're, they're rich in this movie because he's a doctor like they make uh, several mentions very relatable they make several very mentions relatable. to the fact that he lives on Lakeshore Drive or whatever and he's never dealt with poverty in his life but when the tragedy happens um he he's supposed to do this Mel Gibson ransom teary fucking just anger at the world and it it's just it's just bad man it's just it, he doesn't it, he doesn't try very hard and also it just feels fake uh, it just it's really really bad Bruce Willis reminds me of a uh, Gimli from the Lord of the Rings you know it's yeah. like uh, Lord of the Rings there was one quote from Gimli and he says uh Dwarves are very dangerous at short distances. We're lost on open ground. <laughs> so, so if you're going for the long run with Bruce Willis, you're fucked. I mean, if you're going to try to say, hey, man, you got to make this emotional, impactful moment that's going to transition into this action, um, revenge seeker. Yeah. It, it, Bruce Willis be like, uh, welcome to the party, pal. I think I, I think he's, I, I'm not really like in that. It's weird because and when he and this is back in the day, so this is giving different credit. But when he's playing a guy who's going through a divorce, he's way more believable than 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 he's playing a guy who's just you know lost a family member. Like it's just it, it's just you don't buy it, you don't feel it. There's no emotion. There. The only you know the most believable role I've ever seen John. Uh, I was going to say John McClane, but it was him playing John McClane, especially in Die Hard with the Vengeance. And we mention that all the time, especially when he's like hung over and he's sitting there with his fucking wife beater on. Yeah. He's like, mind your fucking. 
business about Holly. I was like, yeah. dude, he's just playing himself. He's perfect. And it was like he wasn't overselling it. Yeah. Because he's still in love with his wife, but he's not overselling it. But he's like, just mind your fucking business, Walter. <laughs> like, mm. you know, I mean, that's more Bruce Willis's style. And again, I don't think it's Bruce Willis's fault. Uh, I don't think he's necessarily one-dimensional. I just think that maybe, again, it goes back to certain movies he picks and directors that handle him. I think it's it's the movie's fault for for, for, for trying... The movie tries to oversell it, right? Mm. Like, he doesn't he doesn't do too much. He does too little. Like, he's very wooden. So the movie tries he's to tired. oversell it. But he's, you know, he's not dealing with the divorce or something. You, you see this man in the moment of losing, you know, his loved one. And and they want to create the scene, and and he's just kind of wooden, and it doesn't matter. But later in the film, when the vigilanteism kicks off, and he's actually doing shit, he's, he's Bruce Willis. When he becomes, he's not total like diehard, like he's not back. You know, he's like, I'm thinking I'm back. Yeah. He's not, he's not, he's not there yet. But there's a couple scenes, like you see it in the trailer when the therapist is asking him, she's like, you look great. She's like, you know, uh, keep doing whatever you're doing. He's like, thanks, I will. You know, <laughs> yeah. like it, it was believable, and it was it was funny as hell. Like yeah. when he's being a when when he gets into his gears there, and the emotional stuff's over. And Bruce Willis is playing the vigilante and playing a badass with with uh, with sarcasm. Yeah, he, it's it's he's really good. That's like he yeah, fits. That's that's more Bruce Willis style. Yeah, and it gets better into. So it. where's the one point in the film that really drags it down to a point where you're like, well, at least not to a point where you're saying it sucks, but just where you're like, ah, I'm not really on board now. Well, it's it's the first half of the movie. Nothing else about the movie is necessarily great. What's really what the only thing I could say actually really stands out in the movie is is certain scenes itself and I think you can credit that to Eli Roth because there's a couple scenes in the movie where he's doing his vigilanteism and there's nothing amazing but there's a couple little horror moments like one dude's head gets split there's uh-huh. one kill that's really ah. dope there's a badass scene in particular where he walks up on a gangster and mm. like uh, and, and shoots him in the street and he does it so nonchalant he looked like uh, he looked like uh, the dude he was playing the character from um uh, unbreakable once he got into his shit oh, he was yeah. just cold and calculated and just like boom 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 that's how i feel every and day it, when i go to work <laughs> Fuck. and, it, and it, it was it was really fucking good like there was a couple uh, just a couple of those moments that felt genre-ish and they were very few and far between other than that other than those few little moments where mm. i could feel eli ross's hands behind the camera doing some a you little felt his hands yeah it did it felt good oh <laughs> doing a little bit of grungy stuff like those moments were pretty cool and it's so easy to get behind somebody in his shoes so like the movie in itself you can make everything could be wrong with it but it still has that cool revenge backstory and that that keeps you on the leash even though some of the moments in the movie are really bad well maybe i want to be off the leash i'm not your slave so uh, the thing about i'm i'm wondering though uh after you know you told me briefly before uh, we started the podcast and i'm sure people out there want to ask and and, and know too is um do you sudoku i do Sudoku. no but really i wanted to know uh it compared to the original one Compared to the original one, it's Which almost one is more superior. It's just oh, the original, right, easily. Like I give this movie overall, I'll give it a six. It's a nice six. It, it, it's 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 a pretty easy movie to watch, other than the bad acting well, in the it. first half of the film. <laughs> but those little those little bitty moments where you can feel almost like when Eli Ross horror background slips into this otherwise sort of generic action movie which I love generic action movies but yeah, I, I, this this doesn't this this is no uh you know this is no payback with Mel Gibson or anything like it's it's not that kind of cool generic action movie that's what I that's, it's a 2018 that, action that's movie that's exactly what I was going cuz I mean again I unfortunately I didn't get the chance to watch it but seeing the trailers and stuff I really thought by going to see it you were going to go get to see like a Jean-Claude Van Damme or no. Arnold Schwarzenegger Mm-mm. you know back in the you know saddle early 90s mid 90s kind of action lateral very straightforward plot with you know minimal acting i mean that's fine but just some cool shit and and having a good time maybe a popcorn flick like i'm not obviously it's not going to win academy awards but you're saying that it, 
it's watered down in was, some way. Yeah, it was. I was really disappointed with the fact that this felt really streamlined. It felt like like uh, it felt like. Were they two- trying to be careful? Uh, I don't think necessarily they were trying to be careful. It's just like it was just kind of generic. Like like it just kind of yeah. just didn't do anything special. It was just kind of like a paint by numbers scenario for most of it, except for those little moments where Eli's Ross Horror Edge slipped in just a couple times. It slipped in, and those were really cool. Oh, That's what that, those little moments were. What I wanted out of the whole film, but I, I didn't get it. I know I keep on going back to Die Hard, dude, but I mean it would have been fun like if he didn't save somebody at one point in the film and then he's running away and he's trying to like get his, his gear together and he's like maybe bandaging up a fucking rib break or something and he's like why are you gonna save him John because you'd be dead too nah, asshole nah you never get that <laughs> I mean I, but I it's just it sucks because you think of Bruce Willis man you think yeah. of Bruce Willis and when you think of Bruce Willis in a movie like this you're automatically I mean immediately I was thinking man he's gonna rock the shit out of it you couldn't have picked a better actor to portray that but then I didn't think about the family part of it uh Again, I, I, you know, revenge stories are pretty simple to tell. But if you add a family element and you add like it's supposed to be an emotional train wreck, yeah, I mean, that gets you, to a point. It's hard to get certain actors to be able to play those parts. There's very few actors, uh, not very few, but there's there's certain actors that can pull it off. The double whammy, I think with it's double easy. whammy, but it should be easy. That's my I, I, that, that's what I was thinking about in this movie. Like, if you can't get up to do this emotional response to like the it's the typical generic like they killed someone in my family and I want revenge like it's uh, to me it should be an easy thing for an action star to play and he doesn't do it and it's really disappointing well you know what's funny is I, I'll bet if he had hair because he said he, he looks was, weird he's no, way too no, clean haired yeah there's just no, no hair I was gonna say, if he had hair though he'd probably come on set because you said he kind of slept his way through some of it yeah. like if he was if he had hair like, it'd be all disheveled like he had a nap in the trailer and yeah. he was like alright we gotta do this scene he all needs, right. he needs what do we his, gotta do he really needs to bring back his 5 o'clock diehard shadow man yeah man like uh, Bruce Willis is you know, I, I'm I'm kind of disappointed with your news. I'm not gonna lie because I really wanted that to be not. I'm not. I'm not saying that it would have been like the holy J- Jesus just said, "Come into the gates and everything's great." Uh, you know, moment that we can get old action movies back. You know, no. like that are theatrical. But yeah. if this is that bad, then because I, I just I don't understand. You know, post two thousands take on actions for the most part. It's like they it's they almost non existent. Yeah, they need to like water shit down, or they need to make things this or that, mm-hmm. or or political this or this. <clears throat> like we can't just go see a fucking movie to have fun. Like True Lies or or Predator or or Last Action Hero. Yeah. Literally, that movie in every fucking word now has relevance. One, Last Action Hero. <laughs> one thing I want to say is fucking bullshit. Is is the fact that you look at Rotten Tomatoes and their headline. Like the movie's not that great. Like I get it if you want to give it a Rotten rating or whatever. But one of the one of, I've seen several people say this. One of the reasons for it is oh this movie sucks because it's bad timing. Right. Because the shootings and the gun control and all that shit going on. Like you can't yeah. blame the movie for that. Like that has nothing to do with whether or not this movie is good. That, that is that is a product of the world that we live in, and it has you cannot base someone's art based on that. It's fucking bullshit. Exactamundo, my friend. But, I think that that's also one of those things that we can't. The, when you when you when you make it an idea or you make it a point to not review the or if you're reviewing the movie and you're coloring it with your own political fucking views, mm-hmm. you're you're not even a critic at that point. You're just being an asshole that's being presumptuous and being a prick and saying, well, you shouldn't like this movie because they are disregarding gun laws and. Dude, it's a fucking movie. It's an action movie. Just have fun with it. They, like, it's weird, dude, because they do, and they actually touch on the subject a little bit. They touch on the subject, uh, the, the whole gun control thing, a couple times because when he goes uh, to get his, when he decides to go get a gun or whatever, right. um, he sees a commercial, and it's this kind of redneck commercial with this hot blonde chick with nice boobies, and she's like, "Come yeah. on down to you know fucking whatever gun shop, and we got this, this, I'm gonna and go. that." And he he <laughs> he walks in, and he goes, he's like looking, and he's like all dressed nice and shit, and he's like. uh 
isn't there a lot of paperwork involved in these things? And she's like, um, she's like, well, not really. There's a 72 hour this and you got to sign this, but everybody passes that course and you can do this. So they kind of hint at both sides of it. Like I think the movie did a good job not playing the political fence either way. And that's what you want. In my opinion, if you don't have a heart, like if you're not going, like I'm not going to see fucking death wish to see their political statements. Like I'm not, and no one should. Um, Uh, And I like like, that they didn't go too far into it, but they, they touched on it just enough. It'd be like if you and I made an action movie, like the last thing we're thinking of is fucking you know, political gun views or whatever. We're, we're gonna be like, hey, we want to make a badass fucking movie with some yeah. cool actors and have some you know cool explosion scenes. Mm-hmm. A very linear storyline. It's not really hard to fucking tell, yeah. and people can get behind, eat their popcorn, be like, dude, that was a badass scene. This was because that's yeah. what it was supposed to be like. But everybody wants to take one thing, like whether it be film, whether it be music, whether it be video games, and say, well, that's the culprit, and that's the reason why this or this or A and B happened. That's not the fucking case at all. But either way, yeah. it sucks that, uh, you know, look, we're not fans of Rotten Tomatoes at all. Like, that's obvious. Rotten Tomatoes can suck a big old wiener. I don't like them at all. But the, the fact that a company like that would allow critics on there that will polish and, and say certain things to fit their agenda and what they want and then say, well I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna rate the movie, but every time I'm I'm writing about it, I'm gonna throw in some bullshit about my political uh views. Yeah. In the in, you know, it's like, oh well, bad timing. When was the good timing? Yeah, I, I like just, when's the good time? I don't think you know. I, it's just, I just to me, it's one of those things. Like you have to do, like like you. I think some writers get mistaken with the fact that people want to hear what they think about politics or whatever. And no, people, if you're if you're a movie reviewer, people are going to find out if the movie's fucking good. So if someone's interested in whether or not a Death Wish remake is good, they obviously aren't thinking about gun control issues. They just want to see if the movie's fucking good or not. Mm-hmm. So just tell them if the movie's fucking good or not. So I, you didn't I, like it? I, I liked it to, uh, enough. It was fine. It, to me, it's a if if. I I wouldn't tell you to go to the theater and spend your money on it. I feel like it was decent enough to Passable. be serviceable. There's nothing god awful terrible about it. There's a, there's a couple pretty cool scenes in it, and I'm actually thinking about it now. I don't feel the need to even go into. So I, I feel like I can walk through this without going into spoilers later on, and just do the whole thing now. Um, what I didn't like about this versus the original movie, without giving any spoilers away, is that in the original movie, what was so cool about it is what happens to Charles Bronson's character. Is this whole city's engulfed in in crime (laughs) and and all this stuff going on? And he's not actually searching for the particular people who did it. He's almost just fed up. And he has a great line in the movie where his uh, his kind of a bitch son in law is like, um, well, you know, we we shouldn't take, you know, we should sit back and whatever. And and Charles Brosnan's like, "If, if good people. Are, are are scared to actually do what's necessary to protect themselves and are, are willing to accept not being able to protect themselves. What are we doing? And his son says, uh, or it's like, what are we? And his son's like, civilized. And he's like, no, we're not. So and that, and and then you've got this whole thing with him. He's just going out and into the street, letting random people try to mug him and shooting him. He's not really going after the. T- the, the specific people who did it and in this Bruce Willis is so they kind of took out the whole vil- vigilante edge to it like he goes out on a couple random uh, vigilante sprees or whatever and they call him the vigilante but there's a couple iconic shots in the original where Charles Brosnan's walking around and there's newspapers and 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 and, and paintings and, and everyone's talking he's like the Batman you know people are like crime is down like there's this big conversation about whether vigilanteism is good and, he, and he's he's awakening people to the fact that they need to protect themselves and all this shit well, I, I wonder this it was different because uh, they didn't do any of that. They kind of did this bullshit thing where they would they would typically they would constantly have these radio hosts like Sway in the morning being like, "Is is the vigilante a good thing or a bad Who thing?" In the morning, Sway in the morning. Who it's the a, it's, it's a huge fucking radio show. Oh, but fuck them. <laughs> uh, uh, 
but they, they kind of did this bullshit thing and like overlaid it a little bit. It didn't have the same feel to it. It didn't have the same conversation going. It just kind of ends up pretty standard. Well, but it's I, not. It's, it's it's a pretty easy movie to watch. That's why it's a six out of ten. For what me. I was thinking is that maybe they weren't doing. You know, they were moving away from the vigilanteism of the actual original Death Wish because, in if they shot it now, they'd be like, "Well, you're copying the Punisher." Like, it, you know, he goes after the people. I mean, the Punisher does have a more broad range of what he takes down um, <clears throat> later on in the comic books. But the original idea behind the Punisher was like his family got slaughtered by the mobsters and he went after those specific people to murder them each one by one. And, but, but later on, he does have that vigilanteism that he just kills the, you know, the guilty. So maybe they were thinking, well, we don't want to draw too many comparisons to something like you know John Bernthal's The Punisher on Netflix and also Kevin Bacon's performance in Death Sentence. I think they I think they wanted to I just don't think they did it well. I mean, well, it, I mean I, when you, you want you want to make your own you want to make your own and when you get somebody like Eli Roth who is known for doing horror movies like I mean really I mean not always horror but at least like really gritty kind of you know up close in your face I would have thought he would have been a perfect director for that because he could showcase something really vile and nasty in yeah. humanity and and play off of it his problem was, I think personally, he just picked the wrong actor to perform those, the you know, the story, well, the, the guy that he wanted to tell the story. Because if you had t- you imagine if Eli Roth had got somebody like Kevin Bacon, which I know we're not talking about death sentence here, but I mean somebody like that Kevin Bacon that was able to give the performance of the emotionally distraught and disturbed guy that's just doing this because his family is fucked up and he's not like a he's not like a karate goddamn kung fu expert with guns and she's not John Wick, but. I think that you, yeah, Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis plays a one specific guy, and if you're not going to tell a story that's lateral and easy and linear and simple like an action movie, it is. I mean, it but, is but, but they want to throw in the the whole thing with the family stuff, which makes it a little bit more complicated, especially if they're overusing the love and I love you, wife. I love you, child. I don't. I, I got to go to work. No, child. I don't think that's it. I think that's. The, I think script wise, that's the best part of the movie. But but Bruce Willis just didn't. I thought you said he oversold it. He he did oversell. Like it didn't it didn't fit. Like it, it wasn't good. Like but I think to me when you go see a revenge flick and you go see Death Wish it worked for Charles Bronson to be kind of cold and like he his reaction was so different that it worked because he, he he was in pain but he didn't he didn't Mel Gibson snotty tears do it you know this like was this was tears. an awkward place in between but when I go see these movies I want to be emotionally moved and, and, and later on in the film there is one time when Bruce Willis rants to Vincent D'Onofrio <laughs> um, and, and he's going off about the whole situation and it is actually a bit moving I was like where were you where was this Bruce Willis 20 minutes where ago. Where were you, child? Yeah. Where was this Bruce Willis <laughs> early in the movie? And, and it was really good. Uh, but it just felt like half the film, Bruce Willis wasn't there, and the other half he was, and it was good. But, I, no, I want I want that emotional stuff. And I, I feel like Joe Carnahan, with his script, delivered a, an opportunity to do it, and Bruce Willis just didn't pull it off, so it just kind of fell flat. But, so, I mean, he was the wrong choice as the actor. I, I mean, think I think, I think, think 20 years ago he was perfect. Because he, you're talking about a guy who's an everyman, who's not an action hero. And that's what Bruce Willis was to action movies. Um, but today's Bruce Willis was not the right choice. I think, it. you know, honestly, and I know we've licked his ball sack quite enough. And we'd have, like, fucking his ball sack stained on our tongues. But Mel Gibson would have probably been a really good choice. He would have been amazing. He's, he's perfect in that yeah. role. Uh, you look at, uh, not get him to the gringo. What was the one that he was going to chase? Uh, he saved his daughter in, and he had the giant. I, I've been trying to beard. think of it. It's the one who's a motorcycle guy. Yeah, that, I, that, I love that movie, movie itself. Bloodfather. Bloodfather. Yeah, Maybe. Jesus Christo. Jesus Christo. Yeah, it was great, he, and he would have been perfect for this. Yeah. Um, uh, the um, 
My fucking ass. What was I going to say? I totally forgot what I, don't I was going to say. Shit, fuck, fart. Uh, Shit, fuck, fart? That's a good uh, one. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly but, what you do. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's, it, it is, it, it's, it's an all right movie. I, I feel like it could have been way better. Let me put it to you this way. Uh, a movie that's not the best, but it's pretty damn good. Uh, what's that Gerard Butler movie with Jamie Foxx? Oh, um, uh, uh, White House Down? No. <laughs> <laughs> You're confusing White House Down and I know, Olympus but they came, out, they came out. With, no, so. the good one. Where, oh, my um, God, dude. That movie's amazing. Yeah. Um, oh, fuck. What's that fucking movie, Enemy, man? Enemy, uh, oh, my God. The to me. Public Enemy number one. <laughs> I know. You're close. Uh, shit, dude. You're close. My butt cheeks are it's so chapped. It's law-abiding citizens. Oh, my God, dude. That movie is fucking... That's... Dude, okay. Because it flipped the shit out of everything. Let me put it to you this way. When you tell me Eli Roth is directing uh, a Death Wish remake... I'm thinking of that scene in Law Abiding Citizen where Gerard Butler gets that motherfucker who fucked his family over yeah. on a chair and he cuts his eyelids off and he pumps him full of shit to make him awake for it. Yeah, he wants to add all that adrenaline in him. You get one scene that's sort of like that, but it doesn't reach that potential. And and, and when you're talking about Eli Roth directing a Death Wish movie, that scene's what I wanted. I wanted some yeah. fucked up horror shit, like the, the, not not horror, but Graphic. just enough into Graphic. this. And I wanted it to feel like it was a, almost a grindhouse a little well, bit. There's I, nothing grindhouse about this fucking movie at all. What you're bit. thinking of in the back of your mind watching a movie such as that is that if that happened to your family and you were in the the situation and you were you know you had the access or whatever to get those you know the revenge that you needed that you would fucking like terrorize torture whatever these motherfuckers that did that heinous act to your family uh it's almost like uh morgan freeman in a time to kill you know what he did to those he's like uh samuel jackson yeah, Samuel L. Jackson was. You said in Morgan Freeman. I'm sorry. Are you happy they died? Like you damn right. I'd do it again. Those motherfuckers. Like he, you know, it's just it's one of those movies. Law Body Citizens is amazing, uh, and it sucks that you know Death Wish didn't live up to that that kind of expectation. But yeah, but it was still, it was still okay. Like my like for 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 another person's perspective, uh, my wife didn't want to see this at all. <laughs> like she she just had no interest in it at all, and she walked out of the theater going, you know, it was um it was better than um. It was better than I thought it was going to be. Like I liked it all right, yeah. and, and so so it's not a bad movie, but to me it's total. It's a total rental. It's a whatever. It's it's it, it is what it is, man. So you're saying red box it. I'd say red box it. I'd say rent it or whatever. box the I would, red. Up. I wouldn't. I'd go mat- matinee maybe, but yeah, it's it's all right. But so it, take your ass to red box when it comes out on video. Get yourself a dollar Mexi fry from Taco Bell and enjoy the night yeah. for a six movie. Be a good time. It's a good so, time. It's cheap. Um, uh, so the other part of this podcast what we're going to do I'm actually not going to go into spoilers later because I feel like I covered pretty much everything I wanted to cover without giving away any spoilers on that one um, I let us know what you guys think about that and Bruce Willis' career as a whole like I just like I, I, I guess it to me it's as far as him doing something great again as the typical Bruce Willis John McClane role I think it's over no I, I don't just, think it's over I don't think I, he's I got think it he's, anymore man I don't think he cares I, enough I just, or something there's something not there I'm, I, I'm rooting for I root for him in this film it's not that I'm, I want to go in and be like oh it's fucking old Bruce Willis I hate it when people do he that he misses Sandra Bullock's boobies I, dude this, <laughs> to me this was the this was the easiest fucking movie for him to walk in and, and show he still had it and, and he just landed it like when when he's being a smart ass and he's like, you know, shooting people and shit, he it it, it works and it's good. But he just had such an opportunity to do so I, I, much more. And I think that Bruce Willis is is one of those unique kind of guys that you can't count him out. I mean, there's there's always something that's maybe I'll root for him. There, there's die, always but. something that maybe he can do and and it's going to revitalize him and they'd be like, oh shit, he still got something. But he also might be one of those guys. He might be kind of like a Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford. You know, everybody wants to say Harrison Ford's this or that. Harrison Ford's a great actor. I love Harrison Ford. But the problem with Harrison Ford is, I mean, I'm not going to lie that sometimes, I, I mean, I watched Blade Runner 2048 or whatever, 20, I think it's 20, I don't know, the sequel. Um, 
And I'm not going to say that he wasn't good. He was good. Harrison Ford's a great actor, like I mentioned. But Harrison Ford sometimes <clears throat> buys his way as far as, like, not meaning that he just buys his way into movies, but he kind of, like, plays the fact that I'm Harrison Ford or I'm Bruce Willis and I can get away with just not performing and I'm getting my check. I'm getting my million dollars yeah. for this fucking movie or two million or whatever they, they ask for. It sucks that they're, they're they, you know, because, I mean... I, you look at people like Mel Gibson, who I know Mel Gibson. There's he's working back from a lot of bullshit, which is unfair. I mean, I mean, let's get over it. It's time to let that go now, Mac. But also, uh, fucking, not Russell Crowe. What the fuck is um, Kurt Russell? Kurt Russell, man, Kurt Russell can fucking pull off those goddamn performances. Kurt Russell yeah. might have been great in Death Wish. Yeah, oh, he would have been. And, <laughs> and, and, and you know what? Uh, when you mention that, um, the funny thing about it is, is, is Mel Gibson off screen. Whatever you want to say, but on screen, he's never, never, at least almost never delivered a dud. Like, like if he was like he, Bruce Willis has been in twenty fucking movies the past kind two like years, Kevin Costner. and none of them were just they were all just kind of the same. Just like he's just walking through it. And I mentioned earlier about the trailer, like I wanted Death Wish to be good, but it, it, even in the trailers, I, I think I tweeted something like Bruce Willis has the intensity of a moon pie in this fucking trailer. That's I intense, just don't. <laughs> Wait, I mean, you're looking at a moon pie. It's like, do I want to eat you? <laughs> soft in the middle. It's, like, and it's possible right now uh, at this moment in my so, life. I'm going to be eating a moon pie in Speedway. <laughs> but where? Eli Roth shines. I was really disappointed that there wasn't more of Eli Roth injected to this film. I thought some weird ballsiness injected here and there would be great, but there's very, very, yeah, balls, 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 <laughs> just balls. balls, balls of steel, just the balls. But there's of steel. very minimal moments of Eli Roth injected into the film, and that's disappointing. But um, we want to talk about now Eli Roth's career. Uh, as a whole, because it's kind of a weird thing. It's like, it's well, like, he was a small boy and child. And he was fifth, <laughs> in fifth grade. He started writing weird poetry. It's a it's a love hate relationship for a lot of people. Uh, but when you talk about just what he directed, the feature length films he directed, there's not that many of them. But for me, he's a name. When you see Eli Roth, you notice it. You pay attention to it. It means something. Yeah. So um, mm. starting from the, we're going to rank his films. Um, for me, I don't know. Uh, how you feel about it? I, I know my number one answer. I out know of my number one. Gate. Yeah. I know um, mine. For me, his best film is his first full-length film, and that's Cabin Fever. No, no, no. no you disagree. His fur, his his best film is not Cabin Fever. Cabin Fever is fucking awesome. I love Cabin Fever, but I would not put it as my best film. But if that's your best film, are we are we both giving our our top film? I mean, sure. I was just gonna go through it together. He didn't direct Inglorious Bastards. Just God so damn know. it! That's what I was looking. for. I thought you might be, it, it, dude. He, right. The only thing he directed Inglorious Bastards was that weird Nazi. Oh, he was on, that he, doesn't count. Yeah, he was uncredited. I'm, I'm talking okay, about so, his okay, feature length films. Okay, so yeah, I would. Okay, Cabin Fever. Yeah, um, I would. I, you know, there's a little bit of an argument in my souls, uh, in my my heart farts to get like hostile, but it's not his greatest movie. Cabin Fever is. It it's got the isolationism. It's got the horror elements in it. It's got like who do you trust? Who don't you trust? Who are your friends? Who aren't your friends? Um, yeah, Cabin Fever. Yeah, okay, I can go with you on Cabin Fever. Yeah, I do. I think Cabin Fever is is one. I don't know if I should say that or not. If it makes sense, I, I mean, I just want to know where Corey I, is. I think Cabin Fever is a very, very like fucking extremely underrated horror movie. That is that that movie is a fucking blast to watch. It's got it's, so nasty. it's got so much fucking just disgusting horror in it. Who can forget the shaving scene? <laughs> The shaving scene's fucking gross. There's a lot of amazing gore and, and fucked up horror scenes in that. But this is a movie. Should have used Venus. 
fucking shaved. <laughs> this, this is a movie that 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 just fucking has it all to me. This movie has great horror moments in it. It's got weird little B genre horror moments in it. Yeah. It's got fucking comedy. It's funny as shit to me. This movie cracks me up at several points. I it's, think that, it's a wild, racky fucking ride that I just adore. I I, I always like, held back watching it again and again because I'm always afraid. Of, of seeing that goddamn shower scene. I mean, it, that that scene was fucking gross, oh, dude. When shit, she pulls man. off a goddamn piece of her skin. Can you say, no, sir. Uh, those razors are too sharp. But it's also funny that they have uh, Sean in it from the the one uh, Boy Meets World. And that's why I was saying, I was like, wonder where Corey is. Like, if Corey was there, would things be Isaiah different? Isaiah Ryder? <laughs> Isaiah Ryder. Like, I always call him Isaiah. His name's like, Ryder Strong. And then Mr. Feeney would come in. He's like, what are you doing in my cabin? <laughs> so, but yeah, dude, uh, he did an amazing job creating an atmosphere of, like I said, I mentioned isolationism and making it show that, you know, even your best friends will turn on you. And like... You know, once they realize that this thing is infectious and it can get on anybody, their paranoia runs rampant. He played on that so well. It kind of reminded me of um, Cloverfield Lane. Is that what? Is that the? Yeah. You know, kind of. It's not in the bunker, but it's kind of got that kind of. Um, a suffocating feel. I, I, I think it's un- underratedly one of the best virus movies ever, dude. Because you're like, I mean, there's there's a bunch of kids going into the woods to fucking party. Like they don't really give a shit about each other either way you look at it. But you put them in the situation, they put them in, and it's just, dude, it's scary. Like like the whole movie, I just feel like I just want to fucking. It feels like it's so easy to get contaminated with whatever's going on. You always want to make sure you wear condoms, I, dude. I, like, that bitch got her piece. Shit, dude. This movie is a five point six on fucking IMDb. Like that is such horseshit. I give this movie like a nine point five, maybe, dude. I love I gotta it. Fever. I don't know if I'd give it 9.5. Fucking but love it, dude. It's a great movie for sure. I fucking love that movie. And the remake sucked fat balls. Oh, and, old fat balls. And anybody, full of cum. anybody <laughs> who knows me knows that one of my favorite movie lines of all time is, Boy, you won't tell me why you'd sneal Snickers bar? For the nougat? <laughs> I the fucking nougat. love that line. So that uh, we agree that's that's the best Eli Roth film of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, second, I think we're going to agree easily on second, um, and, and it being Hostel. Yeah, man. Hostel. Uh, I watched that movie on a whim. I remember buying it on DVD when it first popped out. I never watched it. In the really? Theater. Yeah, I didn't watch it in the theater. Oh, I had such a different experience. Yeah, uh, great. I mean, good. go ahead. I just want to. Well, good for you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, just fucking like fart. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, yeah. So when I first watched Hostel, it was because I went to Walmart and I bought it on a whim. I think I was with my younger brother, uh, and he was like, "Yeah, I'll get this movie." And I watched it, and I'd never seen it before. And we sat there eating uh, Sir Pizza. Oh, and good. I was enjoying myself, and everything was fine. I realized it was a graphic kind of weird movie. I'd never seen anything like this before. It's torture horror. I was like, this is weird. I don't know what's happening. And then the fucking Achilles scene comes on, and it ruined my goddamn pizza. And I couldn't finish. I couldn't finish my <laughs> pizza. And let me tell you something. It had fucking great pepperoni and black olives on that bitch, and I could not finish it because when he's... It was so fucking sadistic. That movie was so... You know, you you said this word before applying it to a movie uh, with strangers. Uh, you said it was mean. This movie was fucking mean. This was a mean yeah. goddamn letter to fuck you, backpackers of Europe. It was because mean. there's nothing specifically about that plot except don't go to a goddamn hostel and trust strangers, which should be obvious. <clears throat> I mean, first off, don't trust like Teddy, the fucking ice cream man, to come into the back of his truck because he has a bicycle back there. There better be a bicycle and fucking ice cream free. But that's not going to happen. You're going to be taken to the fucking dungeon. But this thing was just so fucking graphic and, and the way they showed like these rich fuckers paying 
absorbent amount of money to watch people be or to, to, hunt to, to, them. No, to well, hunt not even the, hunt the torture yeah because they got off on it and then that you one, lost the scholarship you can't go <laughs> you can't go get away uh but yeah you know just, nine after my favorite body parts <laughs> oh you play <laughs> uh, but yeah like the one scene man the achilles that always sticks with me um to this day when the guy cuts his fucking Achilles and tells him, if you can get up and walk out of this room, you can go. And then when he gets up, up man. and you see the camera zoom in and watch his fucking Achilles snap. Yeah, it's good. God damn it. What have you done? What? <laughs> it's so gross. I mean, I felt like Superman and Man of Steel. And I'll go, ah! Like, after I killed Zod. Like, I just start screaming. Like, I had nothing left inside. It's like, this is where people are. I think, dude, I had such a different experience going into this movie. Because for me, I remember working whatever shit job I was working <laughs> at the time. And, and constantly, like, looking at the internet for updates on this. Because... It was one of those movies that had huge hype behind it for me because yeah. I, I started hearing things on the internet. And this is back in like the MySpace days, I guess. But like huge things on the internet, like this movie, people are puking, people are walking out, people are disgusted with it. It's the most fucked up movie since anything. Like I was, I, dude, I was counting days to go see this, thinking, oh, it's gonna fuck my face. Like I like like I was a Blair Witch. Shit on my face. <laughs> <laughs> I I really I, I was super hyped going to see this in the theater, and then I watched it, and I was like, that shit wasn't that fucking mm. bad, you know. It, it was it was it was kind of a disappointment for all the hype for me when I went to see it. But to me, it's still a really good movie because looking it's, back it's, on it now, it's, it comparatively. It's I, and 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 you probably shouldn't do this when it goes into re- reviewing or ranking films. But to me, the hype or the memories that surround a film like add to it for me. And this was one of those movies that I anticipated so much going to see and had so much fun just going to the theater and being excited to see something that I thought was actually going to move my fucking meter. You know, because it ta- you know me, it takes a lot to fucking scare How me. How much you pay in the meter? or make me grossed out? <laughs> like it takes a lot. So I thought this was going to do it, and the Achilles scene did. That was so nasty. And I, and I love the ending to the movie. I love the bathroom stall fucking mm-hmm. slit his throat, get out of there. Um, I love that this movie was really ballsy. To be a huge wide release like it was, like like the and and, and the way it was nasty and mean, like I, I like that they had the balls to do that. Everything I liked about this film, uh, Hostel 2 did, and I didn't like Hostel 2 for it. In a I didn't, I, yeah, but, the weird thing about Hostel... Well, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll but get there, but. I, 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 it, it's a movie that's not what it was built to be. It doesn't live up to the expectation. But again, this is sitting at 5.9 well, on IMDb. I'd higher than that. I'd give it a 7.5 easy. <laughs> I'd probably give it a 7.0. But you know, the fact of the matter is, I didn't have the hype built up, so I had a fresh... Thing. Yeah. I, I didn't have the goddamn internets that you young pieces of shit have. <laughs> I didn't get to. I didn't follow it, so I didn't know anything about it. But when I rented it, or no, I bought it on a whim. I was like, yeah. That, uh, the, the fourth kind like was the same way for me too. Talking about like most hyped movies for me going into seeing horror wise, uh, I was super hyped about the fourth kind. Mm-hmm. I thought that was gonna fuck my life. Um, and and then Blair Witch Why and then this one. Fuck your life. I, this gonna fuck my. Did I say that several times? Yeah, I think so. I no, think it's I, just, I think you said you something else before. I know you said fuck your face. Oh yeah, yeah. Fuck my face. Fuck my life. Uh, fuck it's all my, fucking something. Uh, come on in. Fuck my wife. See if I care. These guys say fuck his wife. I don't mean that. That's a line from Harold and Kumar. It's like, you remember that where they pick up that weird dude with the boils yeah. on his face? It's like, hey, come on in, talk about these fucking wives. He's like, did he just say, I'm not sure. He's like, did he say fuck my wife? And then they look out the window and he's outside, like on the back of the truck. It's like, Jesus, what? The devil. Ha! 
<laughs> you see what that? That's a peanut. That's not a peanut. That's a space it peanut. It was Mal- Malin Ackerman was the wife, and she was trying to bang them both. And he's like, I don't know, Kumar. What you uh, got here is a big old frozen chunk of duty. <laughs> but yeah, that's, a, I know, that's Joe Dirt. But um, so what's his? Uh, and that, that those are his first two movies. Like his first movie, so, so this is his um, best. His second was Hostile. Third, let's look. I I don't know much of these. Let me um um. Well, you've seen all of his movies except for one, and I'm going to um. Since you haven't seen it, I will take uh, liberties with mm-hmm. going ahead and inserting this at number three. And this might uh, a lot of people are are have very different. Good, I hope they hate you. They might on me than this movie, but uh, knock knock. Who's the, there? the one film of his? <laughs> the, the one film of Clam his Chowder. that Jay hasn't seen is Knock Knock, and I'm going to go ahead it. and I'm going to put that in number three. It's Keanu Reeves, and he's a family man. He's an architect, and his wife takes the kids to the beach because he's got this huge project he has to finish, and these two. Fucking gorgeous girls. Black girls. Jeez. One of them's Eli Ross' wife. What? You did good, man. You what? did real fucking good, done? okay? Um, How you do this? I'm gonna like to take it to Taco Stand and dine. Oh, shit. <laughs> what Taco Stand you go to? Because you don't go to my cousin Taco Stand. <laughs> I don't even know what that meant. I was doing the, the thing that, uh, uh, that actually, uh, the dude from Harold Kumar does in Van Wilder. Because remember, he was Van Wilder's oh, yeah, assistant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, I just want to dine on American pig tacos then. <laughs> <laughs> but no, they're, they're amazingly gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And what they do is they come in his house and they seduce him. Like the two of them together. Like, easy. They want to bang him. They want to bang Keanu easy. Reeves. Like, you know, that'll be me and you going to Keanu Reeves. I know. <laughs> I'd be easy. Easy. <laughs> But uh, and he wild is, stallions. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but at first he, you know, he thwarts their efforts. And he's he's a very good husband, and he tries his best. Like, I like how you like you're talking like old fucking poem. Like I've, you're like the philosophical guy from 15th century. I, he thwarts their efforts. No, but I'm in saying, the end, his, I've, I've, his man cave caved. I've been there. <laughs> I've been there several times myself, where the the fruits are there, and you just you know most people wouldn't. But I you, just want to touch the fruit one time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. He he he. You, you bear through it. and You do the right thing, and that doesn't that pales in what I've been through as a husband pales deeply in comparison to what he's going through in this. Like these girls are trying. Fucking hard. Yeah, like, I was. Yeah, so, I, I, you oh, know Jesus what? I, I give up. I'm like, okay. Yeah, dude. I mean, and <laughs> like, he, okay. And he eventually does. Okay. He eventually does. So, so uh, he he bangs these two girls, right? Because mm-hmm. um, a man can only in do a row? so much. <laughs> in a row, <laughs> a man can only do so much. But then they turn out to be crazy, and they start to fuck with him and torture him and shit like so that. That was and their they, whole point. And they 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 you know they talk shit to him and or whatever about what a piece of shit he is. But um, this movie, a lot of people fucking hate it and they think it's garbage trash. Why? I thought it was. I don't know. I thought it was entertaining. It's fucking hilarious. My, it's got one of my favorite Keanu Reeves scenes of all time. Because at one point they have him tied to a chair and they're berating him for being such a piece of shit and cheating on his wife. So you like my dick though, huh? And he, <laughs> but what he says? No, he goes, he goes, he goes. In one of the most Keanu ways ever, he's like, "It was free pizza. Nobody says no to free pizza." That's true. That's a good logical. <laughs> and that line point. pissed a lot of people off, That's dude. A good but I thought it was point. fucking hilarious. That's a good logical point. And he it, says no. I want it on a shirt so fucking bad. I want a Wham free pizza T-shirt with Keanu Reeves' face on it. But I, I, I suck at that shit. But I, I would. I wish. She had said, sitting on that chair, looking at them, it's like the Baba Yaga. <laughs> you don't call the Baba Yaga. Well, I call you. It's like it's like what they do to you. It's like they killed his dog. Oh, that's a problem. Oh, he killed his fucking dog. <laughs> but I, dude, I love that movie. I think it's a weird horror. The weird, this is most non 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 heinous. <laughs> I think it's a weird movie that walks the line between like it's almost horrorish, but it, it's mostly just this weird, strange thriller that it feels like we said this all the time. It would have came out in the nineties and people would have enjoyed, but it went. It was a smaller release and people hated. It. I don't know why people hated. It. I it said the free pizza. I loved it. No, no, I don't. They just what for whatever reason they thought it was a shit movie. Well, it was the thing is is that it was it was. It, it, 
it was a weird situation, and then it got kind of got funny, and it almost got kind of B movie at times, mm-hmm. but it never slipped fully into oh. B movie. And I don't think people uh, could pick up on the nuances of that. Oh but well, don't listen to me. Just make weird noises while I talk. It's okay. <laughs> I am. So, um, and then <laughs> next we got you get something stupid. Well, you do. You don't listen to shit. I'm listening. So what number you're one's Cabin Fever. Mm-hmm. Number two is Hostel. Mm-hmm. Number three is Knock Knock. And then um, we've got I think. Let me see. There's three left. So between Hostel Part Two, okay, The Green Inferno, mm-hmm. or Death Wish. Okay, I haven't seen Death Wish, so I can't really rate. I can't. I can tell you what my. I can next tell one. you. You can go ahead and pick the next one because it'll be above Death Wish. Okay, so uh, well, I don't know, man, because this one's a little difficult. But I will go with Hostel Part Two over Green Inferno. Yeah, but I I did like Green Inferno. I, I I didn't. Okay, so I didn't get to go see that one in theater either, but I did watch it on Netflix. And Green Inferno is a, is a solid movie. I did like Green Inferno a lot, but I think it's one of those movies that it, it, I. It, what happened to me was exactly what happened to you with Hostel. Like it got you hyped up for something insane, like Cannibal Holocaust level, and it was going to make you sick, and people were fainting in the theater and all this shit. That didn't. I mean, I watched. I'm like, I've seen sicker shit at work. <laughs> I've seen nastier things when I'm going to the toilet. Like it's not like fucking like overly sick. But Hostel Part Two, I'm picking that above Green Inferno, <clears throat> just because I think what they wanted to do, like you mentioned earlier in the podcast, what they wanted to do in Hostel, they did it in Part Two, and they kind of like Hostel One and Hostel Two could really just be one movie. You know, it really is because there's actually a continuation scene of one of those characters in that movie, anyhow. Hostel Part Two, as far as graphic violence go, <clears throat> you already were introduced to that in the in the first one. But I think they expand a little bit more on the story. They kind of get you a little bit more involved with the black market deals that are going on. The, the uh, and in a way, it's, it's slave trade. I mean, in a way, like they're they're exposing this kind of black market flesh market actually of these. Like, there's one scene I think in Ho- I think it's Hostel Part Two, and it's fucked up, dude. Like they're doing a bidding. And you actually see the bidding going on. Like, there are all these guys, and they all look like, you know, they're all business professionals or whatever. And and one of them got, like, he just teed the fuck off with Tiger Woods. And he walks over, he's like, five million. And he's like, four? And it's like, this is scary shit. That's even more disturbing, I think, uh, that they're showcasing more and more of that shit going on than what they did in Hostel Part 1. Because in Hostel Part 1, you're not really introduced to who these people really are. I mean, other than that they're really rich or whatever, but this is showing all of them. They're bidding. I mean, there's people from Tokyo. There's people from England. There's people from America. And they're just, they're bidding to torture somebody. And they show them pictures like one of them's blonde, which costs like $5,000 more. It's like, God damn. I want you to pay real close attention to what I did there, Jay. What? Did you notice how I didn't say anything? I let you finish. Your, I let you finish your point before I continue. You're speaking. a salty bitch. That's that's, 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 You're that's a salty how you do bitch. these things. That's how you do these things. Uh, I, I, but I was including you. Hustle three. I, I want you to. I wanted you to. I want you to include you. Hustle two to me was it was it was fine. It was everything that you said it was. For some reason, it gave me that. I went to see the, the like the dollar theater, and I was watching it thinking I, I wanted to see it. And then it was one of those weird movies where halfway through I was like. You talk about a movie being mean and you just not liking it. Like, there's one point where they take this kind girl who's like the sweet one, and they've got her hanging from the ceiling, and they're like gutting her like a pig. And I was just almost like, it was one of those. It, it takes a lot to get me to that point, but I was kind of going like, this is just, I don't see the point in it. You know, I, I didn't enjoy it. Like, it almost made me mad. But I get that that's just a me thing, and it was a, it was emotion I experienced in that moment. So Hostile Two was what it was, but I felt like Hostile One was enough. I didn't love it. I would put Green Inferno above it, but let's talk about Green Inferno. You see what I did there? I did what you asked. I'm glad you're so, learning. Yeah, I'm not learning. I'm just, I don't want you to be salt. It's about time. It's not, you know, no more salt. No more salt. 
Go get some pepper. <laughs> so, yeah, okay, so we'll just go ahead and talk about Green Inferno. If you'll put that one above Hostile Part 2, we'll just go ahead and agree to disagree about mm -hmm. our list ranking on that. But as far as Green Inferno, I did enjoy Green Inferno. Like, in Green Inferno was not a bad story. I just felt like, you know, in a way, I kind of rooted for the cannibals. Because <laughs> I don't like the, these oh, little, was the S, well, these little the justice yeah, these little bitch boys and girls that are going down. Like we'll save yeah. these people. I'm like, dude, first off, they don't want to be contacted by your bullshit. Okay, they're just they want to be left alone. You're going down there shoving cameras in their fucking face. You want to take a, and then you're 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 surprised when a fucking shady whatever goddamn South American guy takes advantage of you when you pay him money. Oh, I'm surprised. He looked like a really cool guy, Raul. Like, no, you're dumb shit that got fucking justice served to you. These, 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 these tribes member, honestly, in some way, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I, I'm thinking like, if you just left them the fuck alone, like you brought that bullet, they all died. I mean, well, they were trying to stop the, the, that construction, the, the, the construction but then yeah. they, but they wanted to go into an area and then they were trying to be all like, Look, there's a lot of bad shit. There's a lot of bad places you don't want to stick your wiener in. Like, there's a lot of things going on. Like, you can talk about it, and that's fine. Write articles, make videos, whatever. But when you actually get out there and you're trying to... No. Because, <laughs> look, these... I, I really did feel... Like, the tribes people... Yeah, they were... They were... You know, to us, they were monsters. In their society, that's their society. They've never been contacted by outside... You know, Nothing. You come in there and you start fucking around, and they're gonna eat your ass. Like yeah. they're gonna eat you, and they're gonna smoke pot doing it. <laughs> and they're gonna love it because they did. Smoke and they're gonna pot. dance. It's like they smoked pot, and then they got you fat, and they liked it. But um, yeah, I, I don't know, man. Like it, the the only I think I, I'm trying to think. I think it's the very beginning of the movie, I, or, or near the beginning. Uh, the first death scene is the most graphic scene of the entire movie to me. Uh, when when they're when they're I think they're sawing his head off or whatever. When I don't remember laid. specifics. Yeah. Well, that, that that specific scene was it was pretty gnarly. There's but overall, ones. like I'm not like I think the hype on that movie was insane. I think that people were making it way bigger than it was, saying that people were fainting in well, the theater. Took, well, it took forever to fucking come out because they didn't want it to like it was supposed to come out and then it was delayed and then it was delayed and it was delayed and everybody wondered why. It was pretty gross, but like you it said, it was grody. But I mean, we've seen worse, yeah. and, and not to mention the fact that like they did the same fucking shit with Raw. When we maybe oh, we were yeah. reviewing it raw, and they were like, "Oh, Khan. people, people literally had birth, and they weren't even pregnant." Boom, <laughs> They had a baby, they weren't even pregnant because the movie was so they, disturbing. They do do that a lot. And what, what for Green Inferno though? I get what you're saying though. Like the whole social, social justice warrior yeah. angle, I like that they attacked that. Hmm. And I, you know, I saw something really interesting the other day that uh, Ryan Turk, the producer for Blumhouse, retweeted from uh, I can't remember. Maybe it was Mike Flanagan. No, Mike, I, I can't remember who it was, but he was like, uh, "I missed this whole like." You know uh, the president saying that you know, that it's not people, it's 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 movies that are creating people. Who to be said that? Uh, Donald Trump, I think said. I think oh, I think there I think there's a, a small movement going where people are trying to say that no, it's movies and video games and stuff. Like it's 1991. Good again. for good for you. That's never gonna work, uh, <laughs> right? But um, someone said the other day uh, it was a horror director, and he <clears> was like he was like I don't think people realize that um, us horror directors we create these horror movies because we can't deal with the horror of real life and I was like I get that like, it's an escape and, and for me like them dealing with this social justice warrior angle by taking a, a bunch of SJWs and and, and, and mutilating putting them. them in front of the audience and letting them get eaten alive it's funny to me like, get wrecked bitch if you're, if you're a horror fan it's funny I think that tickles some people the wrong way but where if, if you're a person who's like because it's like that typical person it's like I'm so sick of what's happening to the whales in Boston it's like yeah <laughs> in Boston yeah there's whales. There's there's four whales in Boston, and they're being filled fucking Alpo. What are you gonna do? It's like, I'm gonna take away my money from Jersey Shore. I love it. I love it when a movie can tank a sort of punk rock stance against shit like that, and that's what this movie did. So I enjoyed it for that. 
It wasn't the best movie of all time, but it was still pretty good. I I, I think that um, yeah, Green Inferno, man. Uh, it is what it is. It's it not, was it's not, nasty. It's a nasty movie, and obviously there's there's. But I I think that the statements they made underneath of it all was actually cooler than the movie itself. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, I, I'm the first to admit that I hate fucking. I fucking hate the political undersides of certain movies and you can see it and it tickles your butthole a little bit you're like I don't I don't I don't I'm not comfortable with that yet I mean yeah. I just met you but then you're this like this is more of a cheeky middle finger yeah it's just a che- yeah it's kind of like kind of teasing you on the earlobe and then it's like can I can I put it in your butt you're like ah uh. <laughs> so, but you know the, the the fact that what he was telling him through that story is exactly what we're talking about you have a lot of people that run their fucking mouth but they have zero balls to do anything about it and when they go do it and they fuck with something their ass gets bitten in half because they're not prepared for exactly what they're dealing with and what they're talking about. So either way, the movie itself, as far as a horror film, it's a good horror film. It's just not the greatest horror film, but right. it's it's not bad. Right on. Um, you know, when when you go through this, and, and now we're on the last one, the last one's going to be Death Wish. Oh, I thought um, we were going with Polar Express. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> well, it's, it's weird because, I, honest to God, like even though we've done this rating or whatever, I now that I think about it, I, I would genuinely rather watch Death Wish again than watch Hostel 2 again. But, you know, whatever. It is what would it is. Would you flip those? Death, kind of. Well, no, well, I, would, I, Death well, Wish, no, I, I will. I wouldn't put Death Wish above Green Inferno, though. Green Inferno is well above Death Wish to me. So, for me, I guess Hostel 2 would be my least favorite. But, you know, for whatever. Well, we we, we talked yeah, about that's it. Fine. I, but, um, I haven't seen Death Wish, though. You know, Death Wish was just it was uh, when you look at his his catalog, dude. Everything's so controversial and and, and crazy. And then you got Death Wish, and it's it's like generic action. Well, I guess he got movie. some controversy with people saying that he uh, it was bad timing, right? But not controversial for for the reason all for his, any scene or anything. Yeah, for all the reason his other movies are. So it's weird. But it, Eli Roth is one of those guys, man. Like if if Eli underrated, Roth, I think uh, he is underrated. I think that he, if Eli Roth got. Um, I don't know. Maybe I mean he's he gets support. I mean he. I mean it's like Robert. Rod- he's a name. Well, Rodriguez supports him. Quentin Tarantino supports mm-hmm. him. They all are kind of like in their own little specific club that we're not invited to. You motherfuckers, can we get our card? <laughs> uh, but they they all in their little club. But Eli Roth is one of those guys. I think he's unique because I, I think he's ballsy, dude. I think he will do things that will piss people off on purpose just yeah. to get a conversation going. And it, what you're describing with Death Wish. Did he do the Metallica Inner Sandman thing just to sell out and be like, hey, you know what? I want to do I want to do a straight yeah. action movie that I I'm not saying anything. I just want to make an action movie, right. which just, is fine if he wanted to do that. But I'm just saying like he's one of those guys. Like I would honestly put Eli Roth. <clears throat> you know, I know some of you guys love Rob Zombie. Okay, I get it, and and Rob Zombie's not bad in certain faucets. But I mean, imagine Eli Roth directing a Halloween remake. I wouldn't want it. No. I think he'd be fine. No, it'd be way too much more of the Rob Zombie thing. I, 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 because, but the problem, well, I well, love Eli Roth. Rob Zombie. I don't want that. Rob Zombie's a totally different beast than Eli Roth. Eli Roth has subtleties in how he introduces certain things. I, I, I'd want Eli Rob Roth, Zombie's just like, here's my dick. How I, do you like it? I'd want Eli so, Roth to direct a direct to VOD expansion pack Halloween universe video. Like, I, but what if do, he did Halloween to nine? take the franchise into the next step? Fuck no. Fuck no. No, not that he would take the, the, the... No, 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 I'm not saying that. But Rob Zombie wasn't the fucking creator of all either. I get that. Well, I, here's the thing I think about with Eli Roth that pisses people off. I think he puts his name on too much shit. 
His name's on so much bullshit that everybody associates that with his directorial career. Look at the the, the five or whatever movies we just mentioned. Um, those are all pretty good movies in their own right, depending on how you feel about it. You might hate them all or you might love them all. But um, but look at what he's produced. He's produced some dog shit. And, and, and as fans, you just start to tie it together. It's like, oh, fucking Eli Roth with some bullshit. Like, look, Aftershock, that movie sucked dick. Wait a minute. Last Exorcism, the first one was okay. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, this is what he's produced yeah. now. Yeah. Right. So this is what he's produced. Uh, he's produced a lot of garbage, man. And, and his name was forefront. They used his name. Aftershock was bad. Well, even I mean, acting that Last didn't... Exorcism Part Two was complete shit. The Sacrament was actually really good, which he was yeah. a producer for. Um, well, on the list, um, the best thing that he's got on the list, and I and I hate to be an asshole about it, but the best thing he's got on the list that we we mentioned, he again, he's a good director in his own right. But um, Inglorious Bastards, man, and that's Quentin Tarantino project. And that was just a little piece. And of that it. was a little piece of it. But yeah. I, and he did the Grindhouse, the fake trailer. But um, you're right, man. Like, there's something about Quentin, uh, or not Quentin Tarantino, but about Eli Roth that he thinks like if he puts his name on a fucking movie, it's gonna be like the Snickers bar. It's like people know, oh, this is gonna be that nougat goodness. Yeah. I, like, I, I mean, if, if if Eli Roth's name is attached to it, we're gonna get hostile. We're gonna get something but edgy and dark. That worked backwards though, because I think his name, because he acts in a bunch of shit. He's an actor in a lot of movies. Uh, and I don't know how you feel about his acting career, but he's an actor yeah. in a bunch of movies. He's a producer in a bunch of movies, and that's all good. Like, I think overall it's a good thing. Yeah. But I think for him, it's almost worked worked against his namesake. But at the end of the day, I think when someone says Eli Roth. It piques interest. So if that's the case, you've it, that's a, that's a thumbs up. And I think his directorial career for me, it's a thumbs up. I think he's had a good career, I and I look true. forward to seeing what else. And he does. I think that's true, Mike. I'm going to give you a bonus of a thousand points from Jeopardy. Fucking yeah, yeah, you're going to get that. You're going to put Fucking that in your bank. Yeah, but I, I I would say that you're correct in this because Eli Roth. If you tell anybody you're going to go see a movie, and they're like, eh. Like, oh, it's directed by Eli Roth, or it's produced by Eli Roth. They're like, what? Yeah, tell me more about it. It's the same thing though. It's not just him. It's Quentin Tarantino, too. Quentin Tarantino can put his fucking name as a goddamn co-co-co-executive producer. I mean, and they'll be like, oh, Quentin Tarantino uh, three times co-produced it. They'll be like, wow. Only with Quentin Tarantino, that would mean 17,000 times as much more. That's not a knock on Eli Roth, but that's fucking Quentin Tarantino. Tarantino is Tarantino, but I'm just saying. Uh, Eli Roth may have sold his name a bit more to attach itself to certain things that we don't need to be attached to. I get why. For us to be, oh, it's going to be... Because, look... Eli Roth's a good director. He's a good director. He's a good uh, story writer. You just don't need to make your fucking name associated with like edge or gore or whatever. And if you put your name on something, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be fucking good. I mean, I, you know what I mean? It's like, well, Nike just put their fucking name on, on Kellogg's cereal now. Yeah. I'll, 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 my opinion of Eli Roth ends with this. When I see his name on something, I get interested in it. And I'm not going to think I'm going to get The Shining, maybe, but I'm very interested to see. Nobody what, gets Stanley Cooper. <laughs> and to see what he's done. But I think everybody does want to see, like, uh, you almost want to see, like, what, when his. When the Eli Roth version of The Shining happens, I mean, for me, it's it's Cabin Fever. I think that movie's fucking like I said. I think it's, it's one of the best yeah, horror movies yeah, in my life. Right. I love it. But um, so that's that's Cabin the, Fever Two was even better. Oh fuck, that <laughs> shit sucks. That's so bad. But it's so bad. Uh, not the worst thing in the world. But my yeah. dick fell off. Yeah, <laughs> my dick fell off. But uh, so yeah, guys, comment down below. What do you guys think about Eli Roth? Like, remember, like those those short few movies we talked about are the only full feature length films he's done, which I think that would surprise a lot of people. I also want to point out really fast, uh, Eli Roth is one of the nicest guys ever. Like, he really, really yeah, dude. Like, I've he, never met him. 
Yeah, I did. Uh, one time at Sunday brunch, but uh, <laughs> right after church. Uh, no, he uh, in the interviews that he's given, he seems very genuinely. Seems like a nice guy. Yeah. Yeah, he seems like a nice, normal dude. That he's like, I'm just doing, you know, my dream. Like I'm having a good time doing it. He seems like an all right kind of dude, and uh, I wish the best to him, man. And I, and I hope that he kind of starts figuring out where he needs to be, and and kind of goes from there. Because I think he he has amazing potential to do something extraordinary as far as his film career goes and I hope he does it so I'd like to see him do more I want to see more directed That's what I mean. like, not yeah. produced by or acted by I want to see more get, directed get by Eli Roth yeah. Yeah. get on that shit for fucking sure so guys that, that ends this this little uh, semi-short podcast where we let us know what you guys think down below about all the shit that we talked about how you feel about Eli Roth how you feel about your panties you're wearing tonight and, I'm not uh, right about it remember if, 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 <laughs> if you need help in any facet of your life it's completely anonymous or whatever. Click the link down below for uh, for better help. I think that's a really really good thing that we're going to be you know promoting the shit out of because I think it's awesome. So uh, we love your fucking faces. And if you're new to this channel, click that subscribe button and get some goddamn motherfucking. I said goddamn wham up in you. Goddamn. Goddamn. And I'm about to say you something else. If you don't click that subscribe button, let me fucking hate your guts. <laughs> I'm so used to it. I got up what? and walked around to turn I know, off the you, camera. I know. I know. I know. I didn't know what you were doing. There is no film in this camera. Is there somebody behind you? <laughs> Who's the mouse? Oh, there it goes. All right. Bye. We watched a movie. Yeah. We watched a movie. We watched it. We watched a movie. We watched a movie. We watched a movie. At Zenny, you get the same quality frame and lens options that you'd get from an optician for one tenth of the price, including blue blockers, progressives, prescription sunglasses, and more. The best part? Try on any frame, anywhere with our 3D virtual try on. Zenny.com. Eyewear for everyone.